by understanding the horse a little bit better, we were then able to do some tapping on him. And then, you know, she started seeing progress with his guard being let down a little bit. And she was able to get a little bit closer to him. And then after I got back to my home in Virginia, I did a remote scalar wave session on him as well. And so she saw improvements from that. So blue is one of my favorite cases. Are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential? Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Hey, everybody, and oh my goodness, I am so excited about today's podcast. Today, I have an animal communicator on, and I know so many of you have animals that are near and dear to your heart. And so I'm going to introduce Kathy, and then we're going to start the podcast today. Kathy is an animal communicator and an energy healer for animals. Her passion is to help bring about healing on many different levels to both animals and their humans, including emotional, physical and to help them to develop an emotional relationship with their animal. She loves to communicate with animals who have passed and she can bring about great joy and peace of mind and closure to those who have lost a beloved companion. She is currently writing a book about her own journey down this path and the transformation and growth that's taken place in the process. Welcome, Kathy. I'm giving you such a big virtual hug for all of us animal lovers. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much, Candice. I really am happy to be here today and very excited. So let's get the ball going with this really big question is, so how did you start this journey and process of communicating with animals? Well, I've always been an animal lover and I've had uh, cats most of my life. About uh, 14 years ago with one of my daughters, we got some horses. So I still have uh, one horse, but about, oh, I guess maybe about six or seven years ago, I started going on a, a transformational healing path for some things in my own personal life. I was divorced at that time and I've always been a spiritual seeker. So I just went intensely into the world of healing for myself, for a lot of wounds and the spiritual transformation. And I found myself in Virginia Beach. I, I live in Virginia and I used to live in Virginia Beach, but I was down on a timeshare exchange at the beach and I knew the Edgar Casey Center was down the road. So I just wanted to check out what I could find there. And I found out it was a place with holistic health connections and a whole lot more. So I joined the Edgar Casey Center. And then I received a brochure a few months later as a member of an upcoming workshop for animal communication. It was a four day session with Joan Ranquette, who is a world renowned animal communicator. And something inside just propelled me to take this course. Um, I had no idea that you could communicate with animals other than having my own. So I signed up for the, for the class and that was the following September. This would be about four years ago, I believe, three or four years ago now. And so into probably the second day of that four-day course, 
we were communicating with animals. She was teaching us the tools of telepathy and having us practice. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do when I grow up. So I immediately enrolled her in her animal mastery course. I didn't waste any time. I didn't want any, just a few courses here and there. I wanted the whole thing. And she has a school called Communication with All Life University. And everything can be done remotely because we're working with energy, which I didn't realize at the time. So this opened the door for me for a huge amount of healing as well as the world of energy. At first, I thought it was only going to be communication, but that was just the the appetizer. (laughs) Isn't that the way it is? Oh my goodness. I so love this. Uh, It was the appetizer. So you fell in love with this process. You immediately started to connect. So tell us more. (laughs) Well, the evening prior to driving to Virginia Beach for the conference, one of my horses, Jake, the one I was actually fairly bonded with, and I have my horses boarded about 15 minutes from where I live out in the country. And and he colicked and we thought he was going to be okay. They had someone that was going to be with him most of the night. And I had to make the drive in the morning. So I didn't want to stay out there the whole night. And I thought everything was going to be okay. Well, he, he passed away about a half hour before I started my drive to Virginia Beach. And there was something inside that said, this is not a coincidence. The timing is too strange. And so I've been kind of open to what might happen after that. So Jake's been a big part of my, my teaching now and my um, helping people and the communication. Um, there's some funny stories that go with that later, but I am blown away with what I have learned about energy and the potential and the amount of healing that's come through all of this. So I'm going back to Jake because I can feel his presence right now. Is he one of your like spirit guides to help support you? That's what I'm feeling into. Yes, I I absolutely believe that. I've had so many things with dreams with him. And then he did a a funny computer thing for me. And Jake Jake was a horse with a a big sense of humor. So I was getting ready to do a Facebook Live for the school where I, you know, learn my training. And I since have joined to become the part of the teacher trainer program. So I actually teach some of the beginning classes. And all the teachers were asked to do a Facebook Live and tell how they got into animal communication and a few other questions we were supposed to answer. And I'd never done one before. I was a little bit nervous about it. So I'm, you know, mostly just the technology and to make sure I'm clicking the right buttons and all that. So the gal facilitating it asked me to send in a picture of myself just so they could have it to put on the Facebook group. So when it came time for my Facebook live, they would know who was going to be talking and everything else. So I sent a picture with one of my cats wrapped around my neck, my cat Fuji. And I sent that to both her and to the people that coordinate this for the website. So I checked in with her. Her name is Shannon. And so Shannon and I, right before the time was going to happen, we were looking, make sure everything was clear. Everything's set up right. I've got all the buttons ready to click and everything else. And I said, did that picture ever make it to the Facebook group. I didn't see anything. She goes, well, let's take a look. So we took a look and the picture that I sent both her and the assist people was not the picture of me with my cat. It was a picture of me with my horse, Jake from 10 years ago. And I looked at it and I said, how did that get there? I've never sent that picture to anybody. And I really haven't. It was just, it was in my computer and I looked at it. I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And so I I believe he just wanted to give me some confidence, first of all. So 
So anyway, so I knew he was he was there and part of all this and it made me laugh. And so then we couldn't get the Facebook live working right. You know, I'm clicking all the live buttons and doing everything else. And I finally did one other thing and it seemed to work. And so when we wrapped it up and we realized, you know, there weren't a lot of people that were commenting. And then the people that did comment were people that were not part of that Facebook group. They're people I knew from my life when I was an Air Force musician and a friend from my hometown. I thought, well, how did that happen? And we realized the whole thing got put on my my own personal Facebook page and not the the group's Facebook page. <laughs> so I quickly shared okay, it. Okay, Jakey. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, the secret's out. People are going to know what I do now. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so that was a, that's my favorite Jake story of of what um, what he does for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I really did feel his presence. I'm not an animal communicator naturally, but you know, we both are channels. So channeled energy is channeled energy. And mm-hmm. I actually feel his presence with us. And, uh, and I can, I do feel he's a, a jokester, but you know, if you think about what he actually did, whether any of you are believing or this or not, remember electricity, <laughs> your Facebook, your zoom, your phone is electric current. And when we don't embody a body anymore, we still have consciousness. And so what ends up I see happening is electrical things is a really great game (laughs) for those that have passed (laughs) as well as our animals. They kind of like to play with electricity because that's current. We are current. And so that's how I sometimes see things. So I love the story of Jake. Thank you. I have so many places I want to go with you right now. Like we could spend hours, but I really want to talk about the Edward Casey Institute because one of the things that, so I'm a natural channel of the Akashic records and Edward Casey read the Akashic records. They called him the sleeping. What was it? The sleeping, the sleeping prophet, the sleeping prophet. And so one time I had a reading before I really stepped into this business And the woman said to me, do you realize that you channel Edward Casey, that he supports you? And I had to look up who he was. So I kind of felt like someday I would like to visit that Institute just because I, I didn't know who he was. And they said that he supports me. And so I found that quite interesting. So do you see, we just had a Jakey story (laughs) and now do you see how things universally work out? I've always had questions about the Edward Casey Institute. So tell us a little bit about the format of the training, because I'm completely mesmerized that this wasn't your profession. You didn't even quite know, but you, you went all in. I want a master's degree in this. And you ended up even being the trainer's trainer. So tell me a little bit about how she taught you. Like you said, it was telepathy. So yeah, the the component. Telepathy is basically the transference of words, pictures, and feelings. And this is how animals communicate with each other. One of the ways they do. And this is how humans communicated prior to the development of language. When a baby's born, they still do that. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone by, language developed and we've gone of lost that skill of using telepathy on a regular basis. So I've really found out that anybody can develop this skill. Uh, I think maybe some people are a little bit more in tune to it than others um, and open to it. For me, it was always, I didn't know the word empath, but 
for my earlier adult life in particular and growing up, I was that and I didn't know what was going on. And I basically shut off my intuition. I shut off all of it for about 20 years. So this journey back has been learning to reconnect with my intuition and learning more about empaths, learning more about how to use my own energy and knowing that I'm picking up information all the time. And so one of the things that's been key for me is to knowing the value of meditation and going into an alpha state when I do this alpha state of brain waves. And I've taken several Silva method classes that, you know, go into this a lot more and help me understand it and understand it from a scientific perspective as well. Cause so much of this now, the science is there to back up all of what I do. <laughs> so it's just a, a way to tune in better. So we have 18 months of classes online weekly, except for like a, a short break in the summer and a short break at Christmas time where we have group sessions to communicate with an animal and so we do this so we can get validated and build up confidence and build up our telepathic muscles and we also you know become friends with the people we're with in class and everything and so the communication is the first component um, and then added onto that are the different aspects of energy healing that we also learn the different modalities which is emotional freedom technique the tapping which relieves emotional stress from the physical body and I can do this with animals, which I love, and also with their humans. And then the other one is called a scalar wave energy healing, which combines some techniques of balancing chakras, moving energy through the body, and then bringing in, uh, I guess you'd call it bioscalar energy. It's kind of a technical word. So it facilitates an environment that you can manipulate the energy around from a point of love and ask for the various healing things that need to happen to help bring the body back into balance. I guess homeostasis might be the word. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about this, say it bioscale. Bioscalar energy. Okay. I want to, I want to talk about this because um, I've never heard about it. And so I want to talk deep, more deeply about it. So I'm taking notes. So if you see me looking away from the camera, it's not that I'm uninterested, I'm taking notes. And okay. so the, the listeners out there might also be taking notes because maybe this is something that you're starting to feel into just saying, mm -hmm. <laughs> and before we go into that, I, I, I also just want to, um, there was something that you said, and I want to point this out before we go into this bioscalar energy, I took quick notes and <laughs> I didn't get the ER on it. So one of the things <laughs> I heard you say, <laughs> one of the things I heard you say, and in my book, I write about this is that you were an empath and you were probably having these feelings and these sensations and this information coming to you. And then you shut it off and you didn't come back to it for 20 years. In my book, I say the same thing. And so why I just wanted to stop and pause in this moment is how many of you out there are listening that may want or desire to connect more deeply with your intuition? And you already know that you've done it and you shut it off because somebody told you you were weird or you were scared. Just like Kathy was saying, oh my gosh, like I meant to put this post 
in my group where I felt comfortable and we were all doing our, our woo-woo moments. And all of a sudden I put my woo-woo into the world or Jake did. Thank you, Jake. That's right. <laughs> so I just want them to sit with that for a moment as we continue to talk, because I think it's really important. My guides have personally said to me more than once, we are calling all guides, all empaths, all healers, because there's a lot of healing that's needed now in the world and will be moving forward. So that's why I just wanted to interject that as they continue to listen to this beautiful podcast. And I'm so grateful. Right. So thank you, Kathy. So let's talk about biosphaler. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but if you do a little bit of reading about Valerie Hunt, she is uh, the person that coined that phrase or that terminology to my understanding. And to, I guess, simplify it, basically you're bringing in the white light, the, the spirit, the bioscalar energy, the Christ consciousness, 1640 Hertz, I believe it is, whatever you want to call it, the white light. For example, if it's on my body, I'm bringing it from three sides, front to back, side to side, like left to right and top to bottom, feet to head. And so you're bringing it into the center of whatever you're working on. And then from that point, it creates like a standing wave where it, it um, it's no longer a wavy wave. It just, it stands. And that's where you can have the energy, energy um, access point, I guess you'd say. What we do is, you know, we'll bring in the perfect cell and I have it replicate and exponentially spread through the body, you know, where it needs to go. And, and there's a lot of different things. And she um, has some more specifics with her writings uh, and her research. So I don't, does that answer enough of yes. your question? And it's okay. Valerie Hunt, H-U-N-T, right? Right, right. So what I find interesting is one time I took a quantum uh, fork bending class and I took oh. it with a guy named Gene Ag. And so <laughs> I have to admit by then I was already reading the Akashic records and, you know, there was like 20 some people in the room. And while I didn't show my arrogance at all, because that's not who I am internally, I'm like, oh, damn, I got this. <laughs> you know, I can read the Akashic records. Like I totally got this fork bending thing. Like it's going to be easy for me. Well, I was literally the last person in the class that could bend the fork because <laughs> I think, I think it, it's a different energy field and it's a very distinct feeling about like connecting with one cell or one moment in time in the space of an energy field. And so what ended up happening to me in that moment is my girlfriend, Linda, like she had her forks twisted. She was making bows. I'm totally <laughs> exaggerating, but all of like, she'd bend her prongs and I'm sitting there like sweating, trying to like bend, just bend the, the fork in any capacity. And so all of a sudden I, I did what Jean said, which I don't remember, but I do remember feeling a moment in time where the solid matter of that fork and I were connected and somehow the energy stopped. I started to fold the fork. And as soon as that window closed, I could no longer manipulate that fork. Oh, very interesting. So I think what you're talking about is exactly this moment in time that molecularly speaking, we vibrate like our energy, the internal part of us, our consciousness vibrates differently than our body. 
And so our body has a more solid form. The other thing that's happened in my personal life, and I wanted to talk about this too, because I really feel like this is a big loop of information that people are getting today is I've also been able to heal from cancer. And I'm the only documented person that's ever healed from this, at least in my, the practice of my physician, my OBGYN, and Uh he's been practicing for over 30 years. And I subsequently had a baby with shouldn't have happened either. Right. So I had cancer in my uterus and they never removed it because I wouldn't let them. And then I spent time thinking of this perfect uterus that could hold the vessel of a child. And I prayed about it and I went to healers about it. And I really feel like the blessed mother uh, helped me with the healing. And so on, I do have, you know, I was on the baby story because of it. These are important things that Kathy and I are talking about, because I also see and have a vision. And I think somewhere like the Edward Casey Institute, I think in the future, we're actually going to heal like this, Kathy. I don't think they're going to cut things out. I think we're going to energetically go into the cells that are not healthy and learn how to manipulate energy positively to heal something back to how its original state and form is. And that's interesting because I believe part of Valerie Hunt's research was, I think it was in the Philippines. I don't remember specifically, but basically she witnessed what they call psychic surgery. And so she actually did, was part of seeing this happen, I guess you'd say, or experiencing this happen where they were helping the people in the other room to do the the surgery, I guess you'd say, I I don't know how to explain it, but it is pretty life-changing for me to experience healing. And I, with the technique that I use that we call it the scalar wave, uh, when I was doing this on myself one morning, I'd been having trouble with my left hip. And so that particular morning I was in a very nice, loving flowing state, I guess you'd say, um, which I'm not always in that, but (laughs) I'm, I'm trying to get to that point where I do that all the time now. But anyway, so I was doing the, the technique on myself just within about three minutes when I was finished, maybe even sooner, I felt electricity going up my left hip and like a vibrating thing. And it, it did it twice. And I thought, Oh my gosh, isn't that interesting? Well, I've not had any problems since with my hip since that time. And I know that that was from that moment of doing the scalar on myself. So now I know kind of what it feels like, you know, like for the animal, you know, for other people, when I do it on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, little pieces of the puzzle. Every time I do it, you know, I, I, I learn more. Well, I just, i really love this conversation. So what I felt in my body is I actually felt the moment of healing. So my mother, and I want to talk about this because like you said, up your hip that you felt like light or energy going yeah. up your hip. So I want to just share this with everybody because this might have either happened to you or it will potentially happen to you because I want you to be open to all the possibilities that both Kathy and I have seen and experienced. So what happened to me is I was at Emmitsburg, Maryland at St. Joseph's church. And this woman was channeling the blessed mother and she would do this every Thursday. And there was a five o'clock rosary and a seven o'clock rosary. And I was on my knees and I was praying the seven o'clock rosary. And all of a sudden I felt this little tornado feeling 
from the tip of my pelvis to where my belly button is like that whole area felt like a little warm tornado. And I said to my mother-in-law, I was thinking, do I have gas? Like, like, but it was such a distinct feeling. I've never since in my lifetime, and it's been 25 years now, not quite, but 25 years approximately, I've never felt that in my body. Wow. And I, you know, I've heard of um, that years ago when I was a practicing Catholic, um, the Emmitsburg, I've heard of that place and things that went on there. And I've heard, you know, a bunch of other stories and pilgrimages and other things, you know, with healing. <laughs> and it's a small well, world. <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of giggling because as you said this, I had a, a recollection. The time I was there, I also got to see and kind of be blessed or whatever by the healer that was there that was seeing the blessed mother and two people would come in at a time and you kind of had to bump into the right person when you were there to have this opportunity. And I never thought about this for literally years and years, but my mother-in-law knew a woman who would be kind of leading pilgrimages every Thursday, helping people to get to, I think her name was jo Johanna and she was the visionary. But anyways, the funny thing is, guess what? I wanted to have my son and her name that got me to the healer was Bunny. <laughs> and so, I just, all of a sudden I associated that like fertility, you know, like, <laughs> and bunnies are now <laughs> so I think there was a lot of guidance around my healing and I'm just so grateful we're talking about this for those of you that might have an illness and while the two of us might not be the complete solution, now you have a thought about another way to heal. So thank you, Kathy, for introducing us to that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so let's go back to our beautiful animals that you might have your little fur bunny sitting on your lap, your little sweet cat, or your dog might be at your feet or on your lap or you might be going to see your horse tonight. So let's talk about the actual conversations that you've had with animals and some challenges that people come to, to, to bring to you, like a challenge that a person might have and an outcome that you've seen. Well, part of our studies is we have to do 65 case studies in the communication, in the tapping and the scalar wave. And so I was working on my case studies and I think this is kind of funny. This is one of my favorite stories. Since we have the weekly calls and you know, COVID was going on full blown during most of this time too. So a lot of what I did was through pictures with an animal. So when I got to do things in person for some of my case studies, it was a little bit just different dynamic being with the animal in person to try and you know remain focused in that state of you know the alpha state, I guess I call it now. And so I was up in my hometown, which is upstate New York, and a friend from high school I reconnected with on Facebook just a couple of years earlier. We'd agreed to meet for breakfast. And uh, so we got together for breakfast. I hadn't seen her since high school. And this has been, well, heck, 1978 was when I graduated. I'm giving my age away, I guess, right now. <laughs> but but uh, anyway, I told her what I was doing. And she said, well, I have all these rescued horses. I'd love to have you come and talk with Blue in particular was the one horse she had in mind. So I went out to her, her farm area and she had about five horses, I think. And this one guy, his name was Blue. He was a young horse, just a couple of years old. And sadly, he had a very rough start. And 
my friend Cindy came across him. He was being shipped from, I believe, Alabama up into Canada eventually for the slaughterhouse. So he was shoved in a truck with a bunch of other horses as what happens. And uh, whatever reason, this is a hard story to tell, but um, so when they stopped at some place somewhere in New York state, they, he was one they took out and basically, and they, you know, brought however many others, if not most of the rest up through, you know, to get slaughtered. And so blue, they had him tied with a halter by himself facing the back of inside this barn. And the person called my friend and said, if you want him, you know, come and get him, he's here. So he was there by himself for, I'm not sure how many hours. And the little guy was, um, oh, maybe somewhere around a year or maybe a tiny bit more and just traumatized, absolutely traumatized. And so Cindy was having a hard time, um, you know, getting close to him. He was very timid and, you know, afraid naturally. And he kind of hid behind one of the other horses, kind of he looked up to like his big brother or dad kind of thing. And so she brought me in the paddock to be with all the horses and kind of meet them. And Blue was kind of hiding behind the others. So, uh, so I came back out and I said, well, sure. And so I, I, I'll do it. And so I pulled up a, a lawn chair outside their paddock about 20 feet away from where the fence was. And I, you know, got quiet. I was probably also about 20 or 30 feet away from Cindy. So I was by myself sitting there and I just got quiet. And all of a sudden blue comes out from his herd and he comes over and stands by the fence and his ears are up. And it's like, oh my gosh, this works. <laughs> you know, this is one of my early case studies. I thought, oh, he's here. He hears me. What do I do now? Should I close my eyes? Am I being disrespectful? What should I do? You know, all the thoughts going through my head. So anyway, so I connected with him and he stood there with his ears up. And I, you know, I just listened to him and, you know, kind of asked what happened. And I basically I'm interpreting energy through feelings, pictures and words. And I wrote down, you know, what I got. And, you know, and he and I had some very kind words that he said, you know, towards Cindy. Um, and, and I just I couldn't believe it. So I just wrote it all down. And then I I finished and then I went back over and she said, well, I kept looking over at you. And her husband was off, you know to the right behind their property where the horse could have been looking at him, but he wasn't. And cause he was, she was trying to figure out who was, he was looking at and it was me. <laughs> and um, so I told her what I got and I mean, she was in tears too. It was beautiful. So by understanding the horse a little bit better, we were then able to do some tapping on him, which I can also, you know, do remotely, but I did it in person where you actually use your hands and you tap physically on acupressure points, mostly on your face and you hit all of the meridians and, you know, go up to the top of the head and you go through a cycle of all this and you tap on the emotions that are trapped in the body to help release the trauma. And so that's what I did with him. We did a round of tapping with him. And then, um, you know, she started seeing progress with his guard being let down a little bit and she was able to get a little bit closer to him. And then um, after I got back to my home in Virginia, I did a remote um, scalar wave session on him as well. And which also, it helps the healing, but also just kind of balances out and animal out, which helps them to, grounded and settle and so she saw improvements from that also so so blue is one of my favorite cases <laughs> oh my goodness I'm I that just touches my heart so so much and 
we heard all of this story. There was just a very small blip at the end. And Kathy is in a windstorm in Virginia right now. So there might be a couple more blips, but we were able to get the full and complete story. And so, you know, I also want to just say that, um, you know, Kathy is so needed in this world. However, if you have an animal that might be having some emotional trauma, it might not be a bad idea to reach out to the Kathy's of the world. And if you can't find somebody quickly, you might be able to go onto YouTube to just start doing some tapping to release um, some of the, the trauma that your animal might be in for whatever reason. But I really want you to have like a professional to lead you through the process. However, if you are in a situation like right now, I was thinking of my daughter's dog and my daughter's dog uh, broke both of its ACLs within a couple months, like tore both of them. And it's, it was a genetic thing and they didn't think the second one was going to go and it did. And that's the only time I can really talk to animals because Lincoln said, I don't want to have surgery. Like he was in mm -hmm. the attic. And because my daughter opened that moment, she said, Oh mom, can you talk to the records? We're having surgery on Wednesday. And I just don't know if it's the right thing to do what we both chose to do because Lincoln said, I really don't want this. I don't want to be confined for three months. I don't want to be a burden. I'm scared. I don't want to be away from this house. I, he just went down a really huge, you know, pathway. And what was really beautiful is we respected the dog's request because he can get physical therapy. So can you see how an animal communicator like Kathy can help you through things like potential surgeries, past traumas, or a behavior that you can't figure out like why your dog's pooping on the rug and they've never pooped on the rug. Right. So I want to hear more stories. Tell us another story. Okay. Oh gosh. The tapping is one of my absolute favorites because I've had so much healing myself regarding that. Um, in fact, I, um, I just had a major healing. Um, I, but I guess about, uh, well, 1992 or 1993, um, I was living in Japan as a musician in the air force. And that's when I started helping take care of cats and bringing cats in my house. And, uh, we brought a mother cat in, uh, they had four kittens. And, um, I just thought that, you know, like how we always used to do when the kittens get big enough, well, then you find homes for them. And so that's what we did. Only I didn't realize the trauma that the mother was going through when, we, when the kittens disappeared. Oh. and she had been abandoned and had the kittens in an old abandoned house outside and so uh, early in the house but I, I brought her you know to our house and so I lived with all this guilt of having given away her kittens one of them didn't work out at the house we gave him to so we brought him back and you know she was able to have the rest of her life with him and but I've lived with this guilt for over 20 years and um, I've had healing for some other animals and, you know, end of life experiences where I felt just like I did the wrong thing and I just couldn't let myself off the hook. So I brought two new kittens in three months ago or three weeks ago that were three months old. And it was a similar scenario. This case was a feral cat and they were looking homes for the last two boys of the litter. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I think I'm supposed to take them, but here I do I'm going to take these kittens away from their mother and on and on and on. So I did, you know, the tapping on myself to clear myself finally of the guilt. And I just felt absolutely free from this. So now I feel like I'm able to love these little kittens fully. So that's one story. 
let's see. Um, I lost a cat uh, in August, my cat Pumpkin, who was, well, they're all my favorites, but he was just a loving, beautiful cat. And I have one of my communicator friends um, talk with him before he died um, because um, sometimes it's hard to read your own animals in, mm-hmm. because you have like your own personal, you hope you're the best, you know, animal person, human in the, in the world, pet parent. And, you know, so you might not hear something if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and so I knew pumpkin didn't want to go back to the vet anymore. I knew he wanted to die at home and I knew I needed to let him do it on his terms. And I wasn't with him when he died, but he did come to see me two more times when I knew it was near the end. And I know he died on the property somewhere, I think underneath one of my sheds, I'm guessing. It was really, really hard to do that, but I knew that's what he wanted. And I had peace about it. You know, I had some good cries as well. Um, but I did a lot of tapping on myself afterwards and, and again beforehand to help with the emotions because with our animals, I mean, they're more than animals, they're our family. And, you know, my cats have been such an important part of my life. And, um, you know, the, the grief is just not, people don't get it that don't have animals. And even people that do, it, you know, everybody hurts in their own way. So anyway, so the tapping is something that's just near and dear to me, and particularly with animals that have had a rough start, you know, in some type of a come out of a rescue situation, or maybe animals that have had to move from house to house. There's a lot of different scenarios, or an owner dies. My niece took in a a beautiful, think of a a 12-year-old pit bull that was scheduled to be killed at a shelter, Um, and her friend, you know, talked to my niece to see if she might be willing to take it. Well, the dog's owner died. And so all the animals were taken in and brought to the shelter. This is in North Carolina, the Western part of North Carolina, I believe. And, and so she saved this dog's life, but the dog still had a lot of grief to go through of, you know, feeling it was worthless. Why did they take me away? I have no purpose in my life now, those kinds of things. So I did a lot of tapping on the dog. Um, I did some energy healing on him, you know, the scalar wave and the communication, all of it. It's like a package deal. And he was doing so much better. And he, you know, he had a happy ending to his life when he did finally pass, but, you know, he was loved and he knew he was loved. And that was a, just a beautiful thing too. So multiple times when we've been talking, you can't see, but I look into Kathy's eyes and her eyes get so moist when she's talking about these experiences, you could truly see the genuineness in her heart and the kindness and the compassion that she has for these beautiful, beautiful creatures that give us unconditional love every day, whether we deserve it or not, not saying that any of us don't deserve it, but some people (laughs) don't treat animals as well as other people. And then that dog never knows, or that cat never knows, like it comes right back to you, you know, usually. And, you know, this is such a tender subject and it's such a beautiful subject. I'm going to propose something and we can cut it out if it doesn't work. So don't worry about this. <laughs> How do you speak to an animal that's passed? Like for instance, my daughter and I both had this cat called Tamuku and we had it for 16 and a half years and we rescued it from a farm. She insisted. And then my daughter insisted because my husband said, never a cat. Well, this cat needed help. <laughs> and she said, mom, dad's hunting for two weeks. Can you bring Tamuku home? Because we were at a pottery studio and Tamuku is a type of glaze, a very beautiful glaze that is ex- the exact colors of this beautiful cat. 
So I said, all right, I'll bring it home and I'll take it to the vet and get it all fixed up. But we have to get rid of it before daddy walks in the door. So she had two people all lined up and that fell through and it became our cat. And then years later, when she finally went to college and then finally got established into New York, she said, what are your thoughts about me taking Tamuku up to New York? So then it went to New York and then it moved to Philly. So it really got a beautiful journey on this earth. And I just was wondering if we could talk to Tamuku today. All right. So I connected with uh, Tamuku first. I just wrote down kind of what I got and just take it however you want to take it. All right. He said, he's been with you before part of your soul group. He's happy and his role for this part of both of your lives was complete. He's happy now. And the role he played, he completed it. The circumstances were, were set up absolutely with the timing so that you'd take him in. Otherwise, he's not sure he would have gotten to you. If he the circumstances been <laughs> how they were. <laughs> and that, so that was the best way for him to, to be with you. He's a very wise soul. There was so much depth to him and very, very loyal. He's very happy with his life. And he was really, really glad that Carly took him with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very attached to her and he loves you too. And he said to be open. And at some point when it's the right timing, he'll be back to continue on his journey with you guys. I'm not sure both of you or just her or what, but just to be open. And, you know, I never get like timing or anything like that, just (laughs) because a lot of it I've found just depends on where he's at with his soul growth and where you're at with yours kind of thing for the, for the timing. I got a picture of somebody like throwing like, I think they were treats of some sort to, I'm not sure they were like thrown very far, but for him to eat some, just like kind of tossing some little cat treats to Mm -hmm. him. And then he said, yes, he's still there and ask for signs. He's very close to you. Just ask him for some signs. He'll show you. And also his pain, his passing was painless. I think that'll be so comforting to Carly. It was extremely comforting to me. They really took great care in his passing and brought somebody into the home not to trauma. Oh. So oh, I got goosebumps with that. Yeah. Oh. It was very gentle passing. And uh she sent me a picture of his paw after oh. he left. Oh they were holding hands. Oh gosh. Oh that's beautiful. Oh so thank and, you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you happen to know, was there something that, that either of you used to like throw to him that he liked or? I think that Carly was more of the treat person. Like, you know, she was the one that would send him treats and she's the one that started initiating play with them. Like I just kind of let the cat be and whatever it wanted <laughs> to do. And it was always happy. And, um, it had a different life in my house than her house. So they were more affectionate with like, they would have structured playtime with all the toys and treats. And I mean, yeah, the cat was extremely elevated. Its care was extremely elevated, which looking over the course of its life, I don't know how I would have been able to handle all the geriatric issues that the cat mm-hmm. had, it did have a serious illness while it was with us. And, uh, it had a bladder that backed up and it was literally a fortune. And I said to the cat, I said, look, I'm going to make you better and I will find a way. And I took it to the vet and then things started to happen. And then it was, and I was like, you know what? The cat's only three years old. I'm going to invest this money 
in this cat because it was such a lovely cat. And then, so that's what happened in my lifetime of having it. And then in Carly's lifetime, they played with it and treats and toys and special <laughs> treats. Like the cat was absolutely, it was a New York cat. It was a Philly cat. It was completely spoiled. Oh, oh, oh wonderful. So this is a really perfect time to share some information with the people that have been listening to you that may have a dog that's experienced trauma, has an illness, or that they've personally lost a pet that they just really miss and want to reconnect with. So how can they get in touch with you? And we'll put this in the show notes as well. Okay. Um, I have a website. It's called um, thepetconnector.com. And um, that has a little bit more information on what I do. Um, and also I can give you my, my phone number. You can put that on there, which is okay. five, four, five, four, zero, four, three, zero, eight, four, zero, zero. And also right now, I don't think I had giving this information in advance, but I'm trying to build up that part of my practice with uh, communicating with the animals that have already crossed. And so I'm willing to do probably about five readings for people with animal who's crossed in exchange for a testimonial for my website. So if anybody's interested in that, that is one of the areas that we focus on with the school, with my training, just because you can't always get the validation with some of that, but we definitely have experience doing it. And I've done it several times for people, but this is something I really want to do to help people as it's helped me so much to, you know, connect with these animals that I had lost and, you know, still carried some of the wounds, but it just helped me to know the continuity of life and to feel that they're still with me. So I want to offer that as well today. Oh my goodness. That is so exciting. So make sure that, you know, you get in touch with her and it's the petconnector.com. Right. Right. Perfect. Is there anything else that I didn't ask and that you really had hoped I asked that you wanted to share? There is so much more to our relationships than, than just having them for a few years, but you know, the life continues on past this lifetime and they do want to be a part of who we are. I could, you know, tell you just dream after dream after dream I've had of animals that have crossed and that are, you know, still there. And, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I want people to have healing from some of these issues. And I want these animals that have, you know, the wounds to get healed, particularly the emotional wounds that were not their fault and the situations they come out of. And, you know, they're, they're resilient. And I've had a lot of success trying to get to the root trauma of some of these animals. It makes me happy to be able to do that for the animals and and the people. I'm so, so grateful. So today I just wanted to say a final thing to the listeners is, you know, if this has touched your heart in some way, this communication and this podcast, and you're feeling drawn toward Kathy, I highly recommend that you trust your intuition and reach out to her because this is such a beautiful gift to have the ability to be able to help you with your pets because they're nonverbal. And yes, if we're all quiet, we can hear things in our energy field, but it's so nice to have somebody trained and have the ability to help the animal to heal. So thank you so much, Kathy, for being on this podcast today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for asking me. This has been a lot of fun and hopefully I'll be able to help some people as a result and and their animals, of course. (laughs) I know in my heart, I can totally feel 
that this is something that you are going to do for many years to come and that there is a plethora of animals literally standing in an ether line (laughs) waiting to come into your energy. So thank you again. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to CandiceHaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.